Hello, and welcome to the Wholehearted Life Podcast, where I share tips, tools, and stories about how to live a wholehearted life, a life characterized by sincerity and commitment to any path you take, with room for adventure, growth, and passion. Find me here, where I record weekly podcasts which show you, the young professional, how to build a strong career, a fierce fitness routine, and a mindfully crafted meal plan. Let's get it poppin'. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Wholehearted Life Podcast. I hope your week is going fabulous, whether you are starting it off or finishing it up. Okay, so let's get right into today's episode where we are going to talk about habits. That is correct. And today we are going to talk about bad habits. And then we will do another series that you can listen to, which will talk about good habits. So for today, let's focus on bad habits. I know, I know you don't probably want to face your bad habit. I'm sure you have something in mind right now. It's in your brain. You're like, yep, that's me. That's what I do. I know what my habit is. I personally know what mine is. I mean, we all have a few, right? But today... What we're going to talk about is just a few different people that I've spoken to. I did a survey on my Snapchat and I asked several of my users, well, all of my users, what their worst habit was. And I got some really interesting responses and I actually saw some patterns. So I want to share those with you. And then I also want to just talk about how habits are formed and how we can work on breaking them to have healthier habits. Okay, so... My worst habit that I believe that I have, and you know what, I'm being real with you, is overeating. Now, there's kind of a story that goes along with this. I believe that the reason I overeat is because I grew up with three brothers. That's a lot, I know. We always had enough food in the house, it was never like a shortage. My parents are amazing, great family, blah, blah, blah. But... When you have three brothers, or even if you have siblings in general, there's always kind of this competitiveness when it comes to everything, like who has the best grades, who has the best sport ratings, who has, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then another thing this translates to, or at least translated to in my family, not intentionally, but I believe subconsciously, was who has the most food on their plate. Now, that's great for someone who can eat whatever they want and not gain any weight, but for someone like me who really has to be careful about that stuff, that is not the greatest thing in the world. So we had family dinner every single night. My mom definitely taught us, you know, portion control and not eating super fast, but I was very challenged with that. And so every time we ate, it was like, oh my gosh, I have to get just as much food as my, let's say older brother who let's say he was 18 at the time and was running 25 miles a week and I was running 25 miles a week but we have different body types and I would eat such a large large portion of food that my concept of being full I believe is maybe maybe it's a higher consumption of food than someone else else's idea of being full and so for me this is a big habit. And it's been a real, I'm not going to lie. I'm still working on it, overeating. Now I wouldn't say I always like binge every time I eat. Cause that's definitely not true, but I have this tendency, whether it's 
it's mostly going to be healthy food because I eat very, very well. But a lot of times it's the not necessarily the quality of the food because I believe that is there, but it's more the quantity of the food that gets me and can sometimes prevent me from reaching my, let's say, phys- like physical goals if I want to like look a certain way, etc. So this got me thinking. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm really trying to work on this mindful eating, eating slower, eating less, not because I'm trying to lose weight, but just because I don't want to have that feeling of being overly full. So I did some research and there is this man named Charles Duhigg and he wrote a book and he basically talks all about habits in this book called The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and in Business. And basically what it comes down to is that he believes there is a psychological pattern called a habit loop, which is a three-part process. So there's the cue or the trigger that tells your brain to go to automatic mode and let the behavior unfold. Then there's the routine, which is the behavior itself. And then after that, there's the reward. So something that your brain likes to have because it helps remember that there's going to be that habit coming again in the future. Now, when I connect this to my overeating, it makes complete perfect sense. So when I'm hungry, I go into this mode being like, obviously I need to eat. And then I start eating and maybe I start out mindful and like I'm eating kind of slower and trying to build in this new habit of mindful eating, right? And then it's almost like something just takes over and I have no control. And I know that sounds crazy, but maybe you can relate to what I'm talking about where I'm like, okay, yep, this is happening. I'm eating, you know, even if it's, let's say a salad, I'm eating my salad super fast and eating and eating and eating. And then before waiting to see if I'm full, I continue doing it because I like the reward of the way the food brings that message to my brain being like, oh, you're getting nourishment. This feels good. And that's that reward. So our brains are basically working on this trigger and reward basis in this habit loop. And so that's why I have found it to be very, very hard to break this habit. Now, some of the people that I have that reached out to me about the way that they have like bad habits and what they are, I found was really interesting because I would say I got a I would say about 50% of my responses were actually about eating. So one of them was saying, uh, snacking at night makes me feel gross and bloated in the morning. Totally makes sense. I feel you, girl. Another one, another person stated that probably, quote, probably eating when I'm bored or based off of my emotions. I like to keep busy, but when I have nothing to do, I just eat and eat, which affects me by trying to be healthier. And of course, the digits on the scale are not going to move, end quote. The next person said, I would say eating habits, either eating too much and then throwing off my whole next day and not being able to get back on track or not properly fueling myself with the exercise I do and then not really being able to teach myself to have a little bit more often than waiting for meals totally makes sense. So I thought this was super interesting because I can relate. I understand the struggle of wanting to eat well, but eating too much. And so what I'm trying to do is replace. So when I feel like I'm starting to get into that mode where I'm going to eat way too much and it's not going to make me feel good, 
I try, what I've been trying to do is switch to eating like a vegetable, which is obviously lower calorie and is going to cause less bloating because it has less in it. It's mostly just water. So for example, I'll have like chopped red peppers ready or some chopped cucumber and just have something to give me that like crunchy taste without getting that overindulgence that makes me feel like crap. So Now, we're going to change gears just a tiny, tiny bit. We're still talking about habits, but now we're not going to really focus as much on the food, and I want to just bring to your attention a few few responses that I got about these people's worst habits that don't actually have anything to do with food, and I'm hoping that maybe you can relate to some of them. So the first one is, quote, this person says, I'm really bad at second guessing myself and not following my first instinct. I overanalyze things all the time and then end up changing my mind most of the time if it's not the better choice. In regular life choices like exams and stuff, I know I just need to go with my gut and trust my initial judgment. Now, this is a really powerful response because how often have you second guessed yourself? I'm sure you have at least once in your life. I know I do it all the time and I also overanalyze. And this can be what I found to be a kind of a really toxic cycle because when I overanalyze, I think and think and think way too much. And then I kind of go into this like fight or flight mode, like, oh my gosh, what if the worst case scenario comes of this? So something that I've tried to do to overcome this, and of course I still deal with it, but just a tactic that might be helpful to you is I don't let my mind run all the way down that path. So if I feel myself getting to that point where I'm starting to overthink something, I just stop. I take a few deep breaths and then I say, you know what? We're not going to focus on this right now. And then I try to let it go. I also do meditation, which has been really helpful for letting these things go because I'm able to kind of sit back and observe why I'm feeling that way as opposed to getting wrapped up in this overthinking. Another one is that someone mentioned was, quote, probably talking down about myself in the mirror, particularly in front of my daughter. I'm trying not to let her hear me do that from now on, but it's a really hard habit to break. Now, this one, oh my gosh, can I relate? It is so hard not to look at yourself, whether it's in the mirror or even just like when you're, I don't know, driving, sitting in traffic or walking past a window and immediately start to point out those things that you hate about yourself. And I think that every person, whether you're female or male, can struggle with this. I mean, we're told that we have to look this certain way and act a certain way and fit this certain stereotype, even with the whole body positive movement happening and love your body, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's great, but... The majority of the things that we see in the media don't quite support that. Now, I will say that there is more of a presence of that with different companies trying to include models, let's say, that are more normal sized. I know Aerie, American Eagle's um, swimsuit and lingerie brand is doing a really great job of this, which is awesome. But talking down about yourself in the mirror, I can totally relate to this and it's a challenging one because you just start to see all the flaws that you see. And then, you know, you go, let's say I go to a spin class and there's 50 other people in the class. 
they're probably not looking at you and all of your flaws that you're thinking about when you're on the bike riding, like, oh my gosh, is like my back fat showing? Or am I like not doing the right moves? Or am I just like looking weird because I'm so sweaty? And even if that's not in front of a mirror, or even if it is, whatever it may be, just that talking down about yourself, that mental talk that you have, that conversation in your brain, that's a really tough one. And so Something that kind of inspired me recently when thinking about, you know, this whole challenge to love yourself is I saw this quote somewhere and I'm totally a quote person. I just love having them around. Like I put them on my walls and I'll put them on my phone and I'll save stuff on my Instagram just to keep me inspired. I've always been like this, like since middle school. And one of them said, it was like a little tweet and it said, Tell me, show me all of the parts that you do not love about yourself so I know where to begin. And whether you're in a relationship or not, it doesn't really matter. That can apply to yourself or that can apply to your partner or even one of your friends because that feeling, whether it's physical, oh, I don't like this part of my arm or I don't like my thighs are too big or my back fat is whatever, or whether it's I don't like the way I speak out too much or I don't like that sometimes I'm so, so loud all the time or I don't like the way I over-criticize myself. This quote to me is saying, no, show me all of those things. Be all of those things. Be with that insecurity so that I can show you, whether it's you showing yourself or someone else showing you, that sometimes our flaws are what make us the most beautiful. And that really stuck with me. So now when I am feeling insecure or I'm feeling like I'm having kind of a bloated day, maybe going back to the overindulgence, or I'm doubting myself, like another person said, and not following my instincts, just sit back and realize that sometimes your flaws can be the most beautiful thing about you. So I hope that that was enlightening and kind of gave you a little bit of an overview about habits. Now, like I said, it's really challenging to break these habits. And now we're going to kind of just transition very quickly into this idea of actually breaking a bad habit. And the reason that breaking a bad habit is so challenging, when I was personal training, little side note, we had a doctor come in who's a weight loss doctor. And she really had this interesting topic to share with us about weight loss and habit formation as as that relates to neurotransmitters, which are the different hormones going on in your brain, telling your brain that you feel this or that. And what she basically said was, Every single time you do something, you are making, basically the way she described it, I'm a visual person, so hopefully this helps you. She described it as building a canyon. So imagine if every single day you walk down, let's say the same path. All right, let's call it a path. So every single day you walk down the same path. Maybe the first day the path doesn't even exist. And then it goes a little bit deeper. And then maybe you start to see a little bit of a trail. And then maybe the vegetation around it starts to form around it as opposed to within the path. And every single day it gets deeper and deeper. And then maybe 
after a few months or a few years, you decide the path needs some maintenance, you start adding in little stepping stones or places to hold on if you need to, whatever that may be, you're creating more and more of an investment with this path. And this goes the same for your habits. So every single day when you wake up and let's start with a bad habit, then we'll do a good habit. So a bad habit, let's say every single day you wake up and you have three cups of coffee. If you've been waking up and having three cups of coffee for the last five, 10 years, even two years, even a year, think about how many days in a row you've done that particular habit and then how hard that's going to be to break. And that's why it can be so, so challenging when we're trying to better ourselves and we're trying to build ourselves and we're trying to grow. That's why growth is really painful because it means we have to completely go against what our brain is used to doing. That canyon or that path of, for example, drinking three cups of coffee a day is so, so deep. And so when you are trying to break that, that's why it's really important to replace the habit. Similarly, like I was talking about what I'm trying to do with replacing, let's say, heavier foods with, even if that's just cashews and almonds, with vegetables to keep it a little bit lighter, but to give me that sense of reward. So think about that the next time you are really confronting what you know your worst habit's going to be. And then think about a way you can replace that habit. So instead of completely just abandoning that path or abandoning that canyon, you're refilling it or you're repaving it either a different way or with a better outlook or a better end result that's going to be better for you. Maybe not drinking three cups of coffee a day, maybe drinking one and then having two glasses of water. Okay, now good habits, same thing. Super interesting. So the weight loss doctor, when she came in and talked to us, it was a group of us trainers. It was probably 15 of us in the room. She was like, okay, so imagine if tomorrow I told you that you can no longer work out, you can't eat healthy and you need to sit on a couch all day. And we were all like, oh my gosh, we would go crazy. We would go insane. We like literally need to be working out because obviously we're all trainers. We're all super into exercise and we've been doing it for years. And she was like, that's how people feel about doing something different, right? So for you, maybe you're struggling to get your workout routine going. I totally feel you. I've been there before, but I have been exercising. Now, this is not a like, oh my gosh, you're so great. This is just a reality for me, like brushing my teeth. I have been exercising five to seven days a week for the last, okay, I'm 25, for the last at least 10 years. So for me, like that woman was saying, if someone was like, Blaze, you need to sit down and sit on this couch all day and like eat donuts, I would legitimately go insane because exercise is so deeply rooted in my daily routine. So for you, think about what good habits you have and celebrate the fact that you've created this positive pattern, this positive pathway for so many years. Maybe it's, I always am able to put my phone away in a different room before I go to bed. Or maybe it's, I spend time with my kids every single day when I get home without being distracted by the TV or social media. So think about your positive habits as well. And then think about 
maybe going back to those bad habits and just thinking about it in the same way. Okay. I have this bad habit. Yes. It's been there forever. It's been there for years. Maybe, you know, this could translate to any habit you have and then go back to it and decide you want to make a change. Maybe you replace it and change that habit loop so that the reward is similar, but you're not doing damage to whatever thing you believe you're damaging. Maybe you're eating too much, maybe drinking too much, having too much coffee, not getting enough sleep, et cetera, et cetera. So I challenge you to think about one bad habit you have and maybe write it down and then maybe write down a really good habit you have and celebrate the fact that you've created that positive habit for yourself and then try to turn around that bad habit and make it something healthy. Thank you so much for being here. Go kick some ass today. I will see you next time on the Wholehearted Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Wholehearted Life podcast. I hope you really enjoyed today's content and I will be sharing more and more with you as the weeks go on. If you liked what you listened to today, please consider writing me a review and rating this podcast. I would totally appreciate it. Maybe just a few sentences telling everyone what you liked about the show. And if you are looking for more on wholehearted life, things, moments, inspiration, you know where to find me on those social media handles. So just go on over to wholehearted underscore underscore life on Instagram. If you are interested in Snapchat, where I post exclusive content only to Snapchat that you will not see anywhere else, and we get a more personal interaction, you can find me at Blazer Trail. That is B-L-A-I-S-E-R-T-R. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you next time on the Wholehearted Life podcast.